Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I'm guest bailiff Jean Gray. Sitting in for Jesse Thorne, we are in chambers this week to clear the docket. This week's topic, who's right and who's wrong on the internet? The answer is everyone. Everyone get off the internet now, please. But please. Here to judge your online beefs is Judge John Hodgman. He's still on the internet. Thank you very I know we're using the internet to make the podcast. Thank you very yeah. much, Gene. Gene Gray, welcome back to the program. I have not seen you in person or even virtually for some time. My friend, I thank the internet for being there so that I can see your incredible personhood, Thanks. at least virtually at this moment. Thanks. We're going to be chatting with you all this episode. But first, now normally on these docket episodes, I don't do an obscure cultural reference like we do on the other episodes, because it's not really necessary. But this is a special episode, not just because you're here, Gene, but because we're also joined by a very special expert witness mm -hmm. whose name shall be revealed in a moment. And in honor of this specialness, I will offer this special obscure cultural reference. See, Gene and mystery guest, if you can guess the source of this quote. Okay. Quote, parents have an obligation to let their kids go out in the world in broader and broader circles of independence. But they also have to train them how to be in the world, how to avoid hurting themselves and others, if possible. I trust in your case that guidance was absolutely present. But nostalgia for how it used to be doesn't make that time necessarily better, nor this dude any less of an asshole. End quote. I'll start with you, Gene. Can you guess where this quote is from? It sounds like something I would say mm -hmm. because it's reasonable and it involves critical thinking. Yes. Um, I don't know exactly who it is, but I can say that it's not a lot of people okay. on the Internet. Not a lot of people on the Internet. I'll write that down. Like it's definitely no one at Fox and it's definitely absolutely not Kanye. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Without commenting, I'm just writing that down. Okay. Mystery expert witness, do you have a guess as to the speaker of that quote? I don't, but it also Any sounds time. like someone that doesn't spend too much time online. Doesn't sound like someone who spends too much time online. That's a great guess. Unfortunately, all guesses are wrong. The correct answer was me, John Hodgman, <laughs> fi fighting with Reddit user Sale Shonan. Yeah, I'm going to name that person Sale Shonan, S-A-I-L-S-H-O-N-A-N, all caps, in the comments on a post on the popular Reddit community, Am I the Asshole, a community to which I am oh, wow. an addict. Now, I, I would like to ask uh, our expert witness a few questions, so let's introduce her. She is the technology and online culture columnist at the Washington Post, very famous newspaper, and author of the new book, Extremely Online, The Untold Story of Fame, Influence, and Power on the internet. It's Taylor Lorenz. Hello, Taylor. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Of course. So you are an expert in online culture. So I just would like to ask you a couple of questions right up front before we get into these docket questions. Is fighting with people in the comments section or in reply threads or on the internet in general, are these debates totally fun and worthwhile and a great use of your time all the time? No. Yes or no? No. No. <laughs> They're not a great use of one's time. It's like draining blood from your body. It takes a lot out of you. I suggest mm. not doing okay. that. All right, quick follow-up. But it's harmless, right? Expressing an opinion on the internet could never, ever come back to haunt you in an unpleasant way later, right? I mean, 
what could happen? <laughs> you can only lose your job and career and life, you know. <laughs> Nothing bad has ever happened to you. I mean, I presume. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've I've experienced the worst and the best of it all. But, you know, I like the drama. I appreciate that. And how long have you been covering online culture? Since 2009. Wow. Oh, wow. So. I was just thinking about 2009. That's a long time ago. We only had the iPhone for two years at that point. Yeah, that's. I started as a blogger. So I started mm. in that blogger boom back oh, then. What was the name of your blog? Well, my main blog was just taylorlorenz.tumblr. I was a Tumblr, oh, Tumblr wow. girl. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, that's old school for sure. So given that you've been around for a long time uh, on the internet, um, uh, I, 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 let me ask you this. A relatively internet-savvy adult of about my age and, say, with my name, should have learned to stop getting into fights on Reddit threads around when? Like 2009, maybe? Yeah. Reddit is the one platform, I have to say, even as an internet culture writer, I don't touch it. I've never waited there. It's a bad <laughs> yeah. place. Well, the correct answer is I wrote that one month ago. No. I can't. <laughs> yes. Yes. I am I am an avid reader of Am I the Asshole? As I've said on the show before, it is um, the greatest collection of extremely short stories told by the most unreliable narrators mm. since, well, Yelp. And I have a policy. I, I have a policy of only lurking. I only read... Until I don't. And then sometimes I get into it when, as Randall Monroe in the famous XKCD comic number 386 said, someone is wrong on the Internet. And that's something I posted. If you want the full context and see the full story, just search my comment history on Reddit. My username is John Hodgman. I have a very simple username on Reddit. No underscores. Surprise! No numbers. And uh, you don't have to take a look, uh, Gene or Taylor, but uh, listeners, if you want to take a look, I think you'll see uh, I... I uh, it's a rare one because I won it. I won this argument. I won it on style. But um, meanwhile, we asked for you, listeners, your stories of mixing it up online. So Taylor and Gene, will you... Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait what? a second. I won the argument. What? You, 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 no, you did. Yeah. I think you did. I'm just saying you, you didn't ask me anything about my precious online beefs. Oh, please tell me, Gene. I've been fighting in chat rooms since AOL chat... <laughs> In what? forums, everywhere. What? Oh, it was the greatest. Who was your nemesis? Oh, which one? What's the plural of ne nemesis? 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 Nemesis. I have many a nemesis. Really? And before I, uh, Twitter, it was, I think I had just been in like, it was like Friendster and in MySpace. Right. And then Twitter happened. And like those early days of Twitter, man, I went to town. Yeah. I went to town. Like, I came there to rip heads off. It was my job. And it was beautiful. And you won. I, of course, that's not a question. 100% win rate, I presume. I don't, I don't start if I'm not going to win. And victory in an online thread fight is absolutely clear. It's not, yeah. it's not just that everyone loses because they lose their time and their dignity. No, right. whoever has the most likes wins. Oh, that's true. I only got one upvote on Reddit for my takedown of sales, Shonan. Damn. Ugh. 
Boy, that person really got on my nerves. Well, I've thought it. I'll go vote for it. Like, you know, yeah. you were right about not stepping foot into Reddit because it's fun. It's fun to hang out there, but I'm not opening up no. a conversation. I didn't come here to farm karma. Mm-hmm. You take, you make your own choice. Go you can upvote it, downvote it. See what you want. You can decide whether or not I'm right or wrong when I say that I won that fight. I think that uh, Sale Shonen just abdicated from the conversation because I was being weird. But meanwhile, we asked you, the listeners, for your stories of mixing it up online. So, Taylor and Jean, will you help me in judging some people? Yes. Yes, mm-hmm. great. So, Jean, take it away. You can read the first one. Okay, I got the first case. Okay. Here's a case from Mike. He uses the pronouns he, him. And Mike is in New Brunswick, Canada. Been to New Brunswick many times. Never met Mike. Fredericton, specifically. Yeah. Okay. Mike says, I bullied a local restaurant on their Facebook page. All of their food photography was stock, blatantly taken from other websites. The address was residential and very far from their purported location. I was very certain they were not a real restaurant. On every post, I'd hop on and say, this place isn't real. Or there's no way this restaurant is a real thing. Or this is a bewildering scam. But it ended up being a real restaurant. It took me three years of prodding by my friends to go there. It was fine. All right. Mike is an internet bully from New Brunswick, Canada, who only bullied one restaurant. Before we get to judgment on whether Mike should be doing this kind of thing or not, I did an internet search for this restaurant and found some photos so excited. provided by the restaurant to Google Maps. And I don't know, Gene and Taylor, you tell me. I'm going to share my screen. Does this... <laughs> Stop. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) You look like real people to you. Real people having a real good time. Not an incredible scam, right? Is the guy in the back on a date with a chair? I think that looks like a stroller to me. (laughs) Yeah, I think he he brought his invisible infant to the party while these women in the foreground are enjoying each other. Okay. Is this the only picture? No, there's one other. This, I think, is from the same. This is obviously they commissioned it does look like a stock photograph this it doesn't does look like something look that ever real. really happened this is the fakest thing i've ever seen yeah this is pretty bad. <laughs> yeah yeah and this is another picture that they commissioned this one just turned out to be kind of a weird piece of art <laughs> what? Just, obviously these pictures are going to be available on our instagram page and our show page at maximumfun.org the depth of field a chilled seafood tower and and behind it in soft focus is a woman just staring into the middle distance lovingly in a way that i find to be a little you know the movie megan yeah yeah a little megany it feels like megan oh, yeah, is going no, the, no, yeah no no yeah there's a little megan like, over there and then the other one is is very proud of her son the lobster yeah, that's right is what it feels like. In both pictures, the glasses are all completely full. Yes. No one's taking yes. a sip. That's right. No, you can't drink there. They bring you drinks. Those breadsticks are probably made of plastic and they are limited. All right. Well, okay. So, but the fact is, it is a real restaurant called Maxwell's, quote, a classic steakhouse with a maritime twist in Fredericton, New Brunswick. And it's very well reviewed uh-huh. and it looks okay. And there are definitely other photos online which are not professional at all, which you can see if you go to their Google Photos page or whatever. But Taylor, let me turn it to you. Was was Mike wrong to bully a restaurant? I generally think that it's fine to bully certain restaurants, like mm-hmm. if they're bad chain restaurants that, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. But in this case, I think he was wrong because it looks like a nice, it looks like a nice place. Mm-hmm. I feel bad that it's like a family owned, you know, if it's like a night, like he said, it's a residential address. Yeah, but I don't think it's a a... mom and pop restaurant. I think 
And by oh. the way, Mike was not the only one in the Facebook comments. I went back to way back to 2018 when they were launching and putting out mm -hmm. these stock photographs. And there were many people in New Brunswick going, is this real? This address is wrong. This is nothing is there. These photos look strange, but apparently they developed a new hotel in that area. And then this restaurant is in it. So it's a hotel oh. restaurant. So I don't, you know. I, you know, I, I feel like it was fair. I feel like this is something I would do. I would absolutely be like, this is not real. What are we talking about? And also because I don't want people to get murdered. So oh, I'm you like, mean tricked into going to a fake restaurant? Yeah. Yeah. You're thinking of the safety of the community. Yes. I am always, I I only bully the bullies or for the sake of the community. You know, Mike both. said that he's a bully, but I, I think that I don't accept his self-judgment 100% there because... I agree. He, yeah. I trust that he was actually operating on good faith. He thought this restaurant was fake. He was genuinely confused. He wasn't trying to gaslight an existing restaurant by leaving a lot of comments and reviews saying, this is fake, don't go there. It's a front for, you know, I don't know. Like Mattress Firm. Mattress Firm isn't real? You ever seen anyone in Mattress Firm buying mattresses? You're saying that Mattress Firm is a front for some shady biz? The whole internet thinks Mattress Firm is a front for some shady business. Does this ring a bell with you, Taylor? I've never heard this before. I haven't, but there's actually a really good series on Morning Brew. I don't know if you guys heard of that. They have this video series where they go to all the random shops in New York that you're like, how is this mm -hmm. like a business? Oh. And they interview them and explain how the place is actually in business. And it's the most weird shops ever. So we have a lot of those. Are the explanations convincing? Do they ever seem like maybe this bodega is not a bodega or this Jennifer Convertibles is actually a front for nefarious business or something? The ones that Morning Brew does, they are all real businesses and it's very interesting. A lot mm. of them do like online businesses, but they have the mm. storefront. But not Mattress Firm. Mattress Firm, they haven't. That's one we need to investigate. Maybe Mike needs to look into it. It's a it's a big thing. I'm not the only one suggesting this, mattress firm money laundering and then after that i was like well i've never been in a mattress firm and i never saw anyone go in a mattress firm well it's sort of like a serial killer begging to be caught right because you know mm -hmm. traditionally where do you hide your money under your mattress it's right there's leaving a trail of breadcrumbs right to their yeah, door right to their mattress that's right um i feel like he's definitely not a bully because like at the end he still left a decent review for the restaurant yeah yeah. He's like, it was fine. Well, speaking of reviews, as a follow-up, if someone writes a mean review of a restaurant on Yelp or Google or whatever, first of all, why? What are you doing? What? Who cares? You had a bad experience. That's fine. But if someone writes a mean review uh, on Yelp or Google, is it a good idea for the owner to fight back in the comments? No. No? Why not, Taylor? Because the person always edits their comment. So when you go to the review and it's oh. like, edit, the response below is bullshit. And really? I don't know if you guys see that on Google. Yeah, there's I like I don't want them to do it, but there are a couple of restaurants. I'll see if I can find them in my phone that are my favorite of the owner responding to every single person. <laughs> Getting feisty, right? <laughs> Just it all oh, it is. They don't hold back. If someone was negatively reviewing my restaurant, I want to fight back. I'm going to fight back in the comments if people review my book bad. I would want to put my own story out there. No, 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 Taylor. <laughs> no, don't fight back. Don't, don't. So many. Do you, do you know what's happening on Goodreads right now? 
I'm do you scared. understand? <laughs> do you understand what happens if you piss off the Goodreads community in any way? They will come for you. They will downvote your book. Oh, they're they're vicious. They're vicious. Some guy signed up for multiple accounts to rate my book one star the second it went on Goodreads before I had even finished writing oh, it. Oh no! And I got an alert, and I was like, "Oh, a Goodreads alert!" It's like this book sucks. I'm still writing it. I'm always amazed when people start other accounts. Mm. Yeah, that's incredible, right? We'll talk more about sock puppet accounts a little later in the episode. But let me just say something to to the people of Goodreads. I love you. You're all terrific. <laughs> I actually, you know, I'm on Goodreads. People who are very close to me are on it. I would say that it's not that they're vicious, but they are a very protective community of readers. And if they feel that they are slighted, there are some that will go too far. Mm. So I would argue for you, Taylor, please don't. But if you are G.P. Cremonini, the owner and proprietor of the Ristorante Riviera in Venice, Italy, please keep it up because this guy is my absolute favorite. <laughs> Restaurant Riviera is a restaurant in Venice. It's in the, the Dorso Duro district of Venice, very near the Conad City. And in between the Conad City and my uh, the apartment that we did a house swap was very nice. And in between them, there was this restaurant called uh, Restaurante Riviera. And I was like, maybe I should check this place out. And I went and it got a lot of, had a lot of good reviews, but also had some negative reviews, all of which were responded to by the owner with intense fury. Oh, no. This is from a year ago. This one star review comes from a user named MC, the initials MC. The review is one star. This place is a total scam. Response from the owner. Have you even come here, MC? I don't think so, because I know by name each one of our guests and I spend time with all of them. As in a lot of real reviews, you can see. If you were a real human being, you would have talked to me if you had been here. But for sure, you have never sat down at our table and you don't even have a real name. Or maybe you were the one who vandalized our front door a few nights ago, taking advantage of the darkness, not as a hero, but as a real coward. We don't receive liars or cowards, never mind anonymous ones. Have the little day that you deserve, MC, <gasps> a.k.a. Master of Cowards. <laughs> Sign. There were so many gems in there. Oh. The darkness. And, and anytime anyone tells someone to have the day they deserve, yes. they win. But he said the little day you deserve. The little day you deserve. MC, a.k.a. Master of Cowards. He just made that up. Incredible. One time I saw it was a... Uh, uh, you know, uh, the the earth is dying. Mm -hmm. So the tides are rising. And Aqua Alta in Venice is higher than ever. That's when the, the water comes up above the streets. And one time I, I, I saw him carry a woman out of his restaurant to get her to dry land or dry wow. pavement. While the boyfriend or husband kind of just waded through in some boots that he provided. A gallant man. And yet I would never eat it this way. <laughs> <laughs> it scares me too much. So I love him and I love his restaurant, but I feel that fighting back in this way makes me not want to go to the Oh, restaurant. it makes me want to go. Well, I mean, let's I all go, go then. Yeah, I kind of want to go too. I want to greet him. Because that's an art. What he's doing is an art. As a fellow writer, I feel like yeah. I can appreciate his prose. We are going to take a quick break to hear from this week's partners. We'll be back with more cases to clear from the docket on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. <laughs> You're listening to Judge John Hodgman. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. Of course, the Judge John Hodgman podcast always brought to you by you, the members of MaximumFun.org. Thanks to everybody who's gone to MaximumFun.org slash 
join, and you can join them by going to MaximumFun.org join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura. A-U-R-A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give your mom or your dad or your step-grandparent or your uncle or your friend or anyone that you want to keep connected in your life who might not live near you. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things that those friends can't be there for, from family vacations to grandkids' graduation to whatever. I have one of these, and I got one for my dad, and I got one for my mother-in-law, and it's amazing. We look at the photos all day long, and we're able to easily update their Aura frames so they see all the latest pictures from our lives as well. It comes with unlimited storage, simple controls on the frame. You can upload as many photos as you want, and your mom or your dad or your stepdad or your stepmom or your friend or whatever can pick the perfect one. And it takes only about two minutes to set up. Seriously. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, uh, The Strategist, and Wired Magazine. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code Hodgman. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com, promo code Hodgman. Terms and conditions apply. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babbel. Okay, it's 2024, 2024. Oh, if hindsight were 2020, I I don't know what I would have done differently. All I know is that I'm taking every day in this year and trying to get better a little bit every day. That's what you do. That's the way progress is made, step by step, day by day, bird by bird. And that's the way it is when you're learning anything, especially a new language with Babbel. And if Babbel can help you start speaking language in just three weeks, Imagine what you could do in the rest of this whole year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars to private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts, real human beings, to help you start speaking a new language in as little as one, two, three weeks. Studies from Michigan State University, Yale University, and others continue to prove that Babbel is better. And that's not just the Yale football team putting their thumb on the scale because they love learning Indonesian from Babbel. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Hodgman. Welcome back to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. This week, we are clearing the docket and talking about online disputes with Taylor Lorenz, author of the upcoming book, Extremely Online, The Untold Story of Fame, Influence, and Power on the Internet. And I am very interested in reading that. Well, I think you have to wait just a minute longer because it is up for pre-order right now, right, Taylor? Yes, it comes out October 3rd. Oh, fabulous. October the 3rd. Very exciting. And everyone should go rate it five stars on Goodreads. Give it some good karma. Taylor, before we get back into the docket, tell us about your book. Yeah, my book is about kind of the first 20 years of the social internet. So yeah. from 
bloggers to Vine to Twitch mm. to TikTok stars, kind of how the content creator industry emerged and how we have this half a trillion dollar influencer industry now and how we all became influencers ourselves a little bit in the way we post. How do, how do you mean? How does it influence the way we post? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a podcaster. I'm a 52 year old man. I'm not an influencer. How does it change the way we interact with the internet? Yeah, well, my book sort of talks about the ways that the internet pressures us all to create content and commodify ourselves and um, post in certain ways. I mean, even just the way that people post on Instagram, for instance, how it went from like pictures of other things in the world to pictures of ourselves and full body shots, usually things like that. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I find it very strange because when I started using Instagram, it was a refuge for me from the world of what we used to call Twitter, which had transmogrified from a fairly fun place where funny people I knew got together and told jokes with one another to an increasingly difficult place where a lot of bad feelings were being spread around. And it was feeling like uh, a job to be on Twitter and I wasn't getting paid for it. So Instagram was a more fun place and it was a smaller place at the time. And I was just taking pictures of, of the world and whatever my travels on my book tours or whatever. You can get all my books wherever you can get books. I guess I'm just going to plug that. But as it grew... And they added stories and they added reels and they were absorbing sort of the, the vernacular of other online platforms that I had no, no idea how to use. I started getting invited to use different tools that I, I had no native understanding of and also tools to evaluate how my stuff was being seen and how to monetize it, which was not something that ever crossed my mind. And it revealed to me that there's this at the time sort of incipient but now booming monetary economy where people are supporting themselves doing this. And I just want to know, Taylor, where's my money? I mean, I took a, like two pictures this week. <laughs> you can start, you can turn on subscriptions now on Instagram and start probably collecting, uh, collecting some, some paid subscribers there. <laughs> I, don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'd be nervous to see that data actually. <laughs> might make me feel bad. When did this flip? What was the, what was the beginning of the monetized influencer as opposed to fun user world? Yeah, I would say there was a real turning point in the mid 2010s. Um, this book is really about sort of the shift in our media environment too, like how we consume news and information. And a lot more people, especially around the 2016 election, started to consume news like more through non-traditional channels, YouTube, Instagram, mm -hmm. newsletters, podcasts. That was all positive for our society. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, my book gets into the downsides as well. There are many, but that's when a lot of money started to really pour into the space. And then the past three years, obviously with COVID, that just pushed everyone online further. And now, yeah, you can make millions as a TikTok influencer, and many wow. do. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk a little bit more about how that compares to what's happening in what we call legacy media of uh, film and television and other vi filmed entertainment um, that is not being made right now, because as we speak, we are still I'm a member of both of the WGA and SAG-AFTRA. And you're a member of SAG-AFTRA too, Gene, right? Yes, I am. So we are on strike. Um, hoping for a fair deal from major corporations, but um, wondering if maybe they don't need us anymore. Well, we'll talk more about that fun story later. Yeah. But we have a dispute with an influencer next. Jean, you want to read the letter from Krista? I do. And I, I'm so glad that this is an, an item because I'm like, great, it answered a question. I really needed answering. So thank you, Krista. All right. Krista says, a major coffee influencer on TikTok used an oat milk from Calafia Farms in one of his videos, but he pronounced Calafia incorrectly. Califia. I commented with the correct pronunciation. He said I was actually wrong and that someone from the company told him to say 
Caliphia. It was Caliphia Jones. <laughs> no. Then I found a commercial on YouTube where they clearly said it my way, but he doubled down and still said I was wrong. I ended up dropping it because it was making me feel very stressed and uncomfortable. I still have no idea why I was so invested in being correct. Oh, I do. <laughs> I do. Because one's right and one is wrong? No. Things, things that people pronounce wrong stayed with me for decades, and I think about them often. Like what? Okay. What? Well, I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but I'll tell you one of my favorite No, ones. no. No, I okay, got them you got in it? there. Okay, They're ready. bring it at I can them. pull them out at any time. Uh, once, I was about uh, maybe like 19, and I was hanging out with a friend, and she, we were about to go to a club, and she was like, hold on, I'm just going to take a quick horse bath. And I was like, a what? Oh, no. Because I'm that person. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you your sooner one. And she said, she was like, uh, before we go to the club, just a little quick, I'm going to wash up a horse bath. And I was like, are you saying horse are you saying you're taking a, a horse, like in a trough bath? She was like, yeah. And I was like, that's like a horse bath. And I was like, how would, in your mind, how, what, is the horse doing that? Is the horse? I think she meant she was going to go into a stall and be hosed down by a, by a stable keeper. Was it supposed to be me? Should I have hosed her down in the bathroom? Well, that was Maybe that was the invitation. The horse just a little washcloth. Maybe squatting in the tub. Right. Just getting the bits right. that needed but to be gotten. But what she meant was something else. The same person also said, um, uh, it was, uh, again, like in very quick passing, was that uh, it was very cold because of the windshield factor. Oh, no. Oh, no. The windshield factor. It makes sense when you think about it. No, it doesn't. But before we get into Califia versus Califia, I just want to start with the first four words of this letter. A major coffee influencer. <laughs> I look. I want everyone That's to get. Thing. I want everyone to follow their passions and be rewarded for it. But what I find fascinating, Taylor, is that like there was a time when we would write stories, but now there is a time where this guy makes a mocha latte and films it, and that's what people want to watch. Probably more than a lot of stories. What's happening with the influencer economy vis-a-vis -vis entertainment? I think people just prefer their content kind of spoon-fed to them in short, engaging videos. I'm also trying to think which coffee influencer. I'm also thinking, because <laughs> I follow a couple of them. And also when you do that, like one, you know you're going to be like in the comments with people like of the coffee community. So you can like talk the things that maybe other people aren't willing to talk about with you. And it's like, and you learn about new products and new gadgets and then you get to um, also be a coffee snob and say and, and argue with coffee people in there. But I want to know who it is. And I'm going to go back and watch a bunch of TikToks today to see if I can figure it out. I'll tell you the answer because I'm not a, I'm not afraid to name this person. But before I name him, uh, let, let's play the audio. Maybe you'll maybe you'll recognize him from the audio. I'm using oat milk. My choice of oat milk is Califia for ice drinks. And if you like Oatly, then stay away from me. Do you recognize that voice? <laughs> I'm using Califia, but if you like Oatly, stay away from me. No, but he is very confident in, in, in the Califia pronunciation. He didn't even think. That was just a, a short bit because, you know, I'm taking Taylor's advice, right? We have to give people stuff in short bits. We're only giving them seconds of audio here. Mm -hmm. It's the short bit of a 56-second video about how to make a caramel macchiato by Dan, a.k.a. Soft Porn 
P-O-U-R-N. Does that ring a bell to either of you? Taylor, you're indicating maybe. Well, I know Cool Man Coffee Dan, but I think that's a different. Yeah, this person's. Uh, too many Dans in the coffee game. This person's uh, handle is soft porn, P-O-U-R-N, as in pour over coffee. That's clever. I love that. That's yeah, pretty good. It's clever. But it's a clever name. Let's hear how an actual commercial for this company's almond milk in this case sounds when the actor is pouring some into a cereal bowl for Cookie Monster. It's a crossover. Mm-hmm. No, it's not your usual, but cereal's tasty with Calfia almond milk. That was questionable. Yeah. That was very questionable. It was on the uh, on the bubble a little bit there. That was questionable. Jennifer Marmer, can you go to the end of that ad where the company logo is shown and there's a they they sing the name? Calafia. So Calafia, soft porn put the emphasis on the wrong syllable, and he should own up to it. It would seem so. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty cut and dry. So let me unpack this for a second, Taylor. What percentage possibility is there? That through this fake letter from Krista, I have been tricked by this alt milk company into buzz marketing their products for free. <laughs> this podcast has become an ad. <laughs> How many times have we said Calafia so far? It's true. I think Krista's a brand marketer at Calafia. <laughs> Do you think that that's possible? Do you, I mean, honestly, in your gut, from what you know, how are these companies getting creative and getting the word out? They're very creative in getting the word out. I think a lot of companies are very creative, but I don't know. I don't know if Calafia would would stoop to these to these lengths. I'd have to look at look into Krista a little bit more. But I don't want to erase Krista. She's a real human being. I think I believe I believe in you, Krista, especially since Dan erased her in the comments in response because Krista said the milk is pronounced like California, but replace Fornia with Fia. And Dan says, I actually spoke with one of their reps a while back since they sent me a bunch during the summer and they walked me through the pronunciation. What's happening here? I don't know. That seemed that's a lot. That's a lot to be like someone also. How long is the walking through of that? Is it half an hour? (laughs) I don't know. What, what are you saying? I don't know. What are you saying? I, Just send me the thing with the, and highlight in caps the syllable to pronounce. That's the walkthrough. Or what if, Dan, what if the other coffee guy, the other Dan, hired... So this is an elaborate scheme. Yeah. This is a nemesis The play. internet is for conspiracy like, theories. I'm going to send Dan, yeah. I'm going to send him a bunch right. of Calafia products. And then I'm going to tell him to say it the wrong way. Like you're saying Dan got conned. I'm saying that Dan conned Dan. Well, one thing that people do all the time for engagement is say things the wrong way. Because then you know people yeah, that's are going to comment. True. And that gets that boosts your views. Oh. And people do things the wrong way, too, all the time. Because it boosts your views. Because everyone wants to correct you. That's why they say you should misspell something, too, sometimes. Really? Or eating stuff. And people are like, how could you do that? Well, or, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Because do you remember how soft porn Dan said, I like Califia? If you like Oatly, get away from me. Mm-hmm. People in the comments were mad about that. And Dan, and someone, Dolores, said, honest question, do you not like Oatly? And Dan responded saying, I just have my preferences. I don't actually care what people like. I just wanted to stir the pot a little. I love discourse. Oh, so mm-hmm. this guy is 100% trolling. Oh, <laughs> we got you, Dan. That's my, to that's my feeling. Anytime a man says, I love discourse in a common thread, you know that there's a problem. Stay away. <laughs> As a hundred percent trolling. This. I was going to ask you, Taylor, how much does annoyance play a role in getting likes and clicks? I think a lot. Yeah. I, well, I mean, annoying your audience, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Or being a little bit 
gaslighty like Dan was being. I think it helps a lot because you have to get people talking in the comments to get your videos boosted. Right. Mm -hmm. So people do a lot of creepy things, too, with fishing wire where they'll, like, have something, you know, fall off the back of their shelf behind them as if there's a ghost, <laughs> you know, to make people say, wait, like, wait, what happened? One guy, he was selling um, these, like, bins that go on your ceiling, and there was a rat that went by in one of his videos, and it, everyone was commenting about the rat. And so then he started putting a rat in all of his videos oh. in the background. And people are going to be like, oh, so we're not going to talk about the rat. Exactly. We're not right, going to discuss right. that. And I remember, was it, it's two Christmases ago? And I'm, who was it who was sending out, um, what designer was, designer house was sending out all the Christmas ornaments? And when everyone yes. opened them, Chanel. they would like, it was Chanel. And they would immediately be like, whoop. And and break them. Yes, that became such a thing. And I was like, this is wild. Oh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was like one person did it on accident. Mm -hmm. And then everyone was like, oh, that got so much engagement. Yeah. We're all going to break our gift packages and now. Everyone, everyone broke them. And the people in, in the comments, it, it, it worked every single time. I was like, this is fascinating. Well, I'm recording this uh, here in the studios of WERUFM in Orland, Maine, with our, our Maine-based uh, mixer and producer, Joel Mann. Hi, Joel. Hello, Judge. Do you have a, a rat around here that I can have run behind me? or I could probably <laughs> go down in the basement and find one, yeah. I've never been in the basement of the radio station. You don't. i got to have that. something go wrong. Do you have a gift package? Do you have any swag that I can smash? Like a W-E-R-U mug? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Hey, hey, Joel, what's the best route to get to um, Bangor, Maine today? Well, you either go up 15 or oh, yeah. 46. I'm saying it wrong. What's the best route to get to Bangor, Maine? <laughs> Banger. No, ba I'm sorry. Where's that? Ba banger. It's called Banger, Maine. Bangor? No, Banger. Banger. Someone from the company told me how to say it, Joel. Which company was that? <laughs> Janet Janet Miles, the governor of Maine. Miles? Yeah, Janet Miles, the governor of Maine, called me to say it. It's actually pronounced Banger. Is this an alternative reality? All right. I'll see you in the comments, Joel. Thanks. <laughs> I think it's Janet Mills, and it's called Bangor. <laughs> I have just now I'm gaming the algorithm. I've got it now. I'm getting engagement, right, Taylor? Am I doing it right? You're doing it. You nailed it. Thank you. That was fabulous because Joel responded exactly how someone would respond <laughs> in the comments, especially the, is this an alternative reality? That uh, was great. Good stage play, you guys. Uh, well, we did it right, but Dan, you absolutely did it absolutely wrong. Krista, you are a real human being. I am sorry that Dan... And not only did I don't think it was an honest mistake. I think Dan was doing it on purpose, and that's I think that's the truth. That is the reality, not an alternative. The only reality in the court of Judge John Hodgman. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, challenging your online troll to a real life duel. I want to do that. <laughs> back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! 
Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Gene, we're taking a break from clearing the docket. Somehow I backed my way into giving a lot of free advertising on this episode to Califica mm-hmm. and uh, Maxwell's in New Brunswick. Yeah. Mattress Firm? Mattress Firm got a big bump. They get that Judge John Hodgman bump. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're very, very happy to talk about Taylor's new book. Mm-hmm. But you, an artist of unparalleled talents in every media, yeah. you, mu- you must have something going on you know that it. you'd like the people to know about. I know you're doing art. You know what? Yeah, I make art. I'll have some larger pieces. I've been working with a lot of uh, threading of canvases now. So if you're into, I guess, like sort of uh, maybe the smallest ones are like 16 by 20, but I have some 36 by 48s coming. So if you're interested in purchasing a piece for your home or getting a commission, you can go check out my Instagram, which is at Jeannie Grigio, and uh, see if you see anything you like. I've I've always got maybe like two, two to four new pieces a month. Um, and then there are some months I might take off. But by the time this is out, there'll be something up there and think about buying one. These are beautiful visual art that you hang on the wall. Yeah. Woven of thread with texture, and they're just beautiful. Thank you. So everyone should go over there to at Jeannie Grigio, J-E-A-N-N-I-E-G-R-I-G-I-O, like Pinot Grigio, but Jeannie Grigio. Yes. And check out Jean's world, which encompasses all worlds. It is everything. It is the Alpha and the Omega. The world of Jean Grey is one in which you would like to be in orbit for the rest of your life. It is. I have never ceased enjoying and learning from just being in the reflected light of your world. I'm your moon, Gene. Meanwhile, you know me. I'm Judge John Hodgman. This is the podcast. Jesse Thorne is away this week, but we are reuniting shortly together on the road. It's our biggest tour in years. And we're thrilled to greet you and meet you and judge you all across the Midwest And the Southeast and the Northeast, starting in Lexington, Kentucky. Never been. Chicago, Illinois. I have been. Mm -hmm. Madison, Wisconsin. Been there. St. Paul, Minnesota. Been there. Austin, Texas. Been there. Love all those places I've been to. Atlanta, Durham, Charlottesville. Never been to Charlottesville. Can't wait to go. Washington, D.C., Portland, Maine, Boston, Massachusetts, and Brooklyn, New York. VanFreaksRoadshow.com, of course, is where you get all the tickets and details. It's also where... You can submit your disputes for these cases, and I and Jesse will judge you personally on stage if we choose your case to be heard. VanFreaksRoadshow.com. Just click the link. Let us know what your beef is with whoever it is in your life, and uh, let us know where you are. This is a long tour. Honestly, it's a long tour, and I cannot wait. It's going to be so great. It's been so long since I've been out on the road for a little bit, and we're playing some of my very, very favorite cities and very, very favorite venues in those cities. And uh, we're going to new places, which is always profoundly exciting. So please come and see us. It's better when you're there. VanFreaksRoadshow.com. Let's get back to the docket. 
Welcome back to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I'm guest bailiff Jean Gray, and we are talking about online beefs with Taylor Lorenz. We got another case. And I don't know why, but I kind of just want to use this voice right now. So All right. Okay. That's allowed. I'll allow it. I think it's the way it's it's the way it starts. This letter comes from Kevin in California. Is Kevin? I'm writing to you from California. This is great. Hey, I had a guy harassing me on Twitter. Through his other posts, I learned he lived north of Hollywood. I live south of Hollywood. I was planning a day in Hollywood, uh, which for me typically includes a drink in the bar and Musso and Frank. So I told my troll we should meet to talk things out in person. He talked big and made all kinds of threats about what he'd do to me when he saw me and then failed to show up. Interestingly, a few strangers who had seen our Twitter exchange were at a booth in the bar waiting to back me up if the guy actually showed. Now, I'm not a fan of violence, but I confess part of me was kind of hoping for a barroom brawl in the same bar where Wyatt Earp used to drink. But the troll didn't show, and once he was exposed as a coward in real life, he backed off and deleted his account shortly thereafter. Wow. Kevin out. Wow. So this is not, first First of all, that was incredible acting. Kevin from California. Has, Thank you. As channeled by Gene Gray. Now this is, we are an independent podcast. We are not a struck company. So that incredible acting is perfectly allowable under the SAG yes, after strike it was. guidelines. It was. Also, it's not compensated. <laughs> Sorry to say. No. You know what? I'll, I'll, I will come. I will, I'll compensate you. A drink at Musso and Frank. What do you say in Hollywood? Hey, Musso and Frank. I love to drink there. It's the same bar with Wyatt Earp used to drink. Just <laughs> found that out. Taylor, you know Musso <laughs> and Frank in Hollywood, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it used to be uh, Musso, Frank, and Jimmy's, but, uh, you know. I didn't know about that. I didn't know about Wyatt Earp. Taylor, when you go into Musso and Frank, that famous old school steakhouse and martini house do you think to yourself this feels like a real Wyatt Earp kind of place no <laughs> I had no idea there's there's a lot of history yeah. a lot of history there I guess Wyatt Earp came to Hollywood in the 20s and died there or something you know what this story reminds me of um do you guys remember the meet meet me in Temecula mm-hmm. no I don't oh my god John this was like one of the great moments in Twitter history these guys were fighting about the NBA about an NBA game oh yeah and they go back and forth and then the guys like Meet me in Temecula. And the guy drives an hour and a half to fight this other guy from Twitter because they're arguing about like whether Kobe Bryant was good or something. Right. And he drove to Temecula and he like was posting throughout the whole time. And same thing. The other guy didn't show. The other guy didn't show. Wow. So meet me in Temecula showed. Yeah. And the other guy didn't. Kevin from California showed up and his troll didn't. Let me ask you this, Taylor. Do you think that this is a smart plan to call out your troll's online to meet you in real life to literally feed or at least share a cocktail with your troll no i don't want to know i don't want to ever encounter a, a hater in the wild i uh, it seems extremely dangerous to me yeah 100 <laughs> percent. i have made this kind of invitation yeah you have oh so many times so many times successfully um no nobody it didn't happen but I mean, I also tried to fight Flavor Flav no. in, in, in the parking lot of a festival because he, I was trying to get my meal ticket done. And he was just like, he was, I don't know, I was very hungry. And he just was like cutting in front of me in line. And then um, I yelled, like, meet me in the parking lot at three o'clock. But it, everything was the parking lot because it was a music festival. He didn't show up is what you're saying? He didn't show up. But I mean, we were already there. Maybe he didn't know what time it is. 
Maybe he had no way of telling time. <laughs> you know? That is a very good joke. Thank you, Jeannie. I can't, I think we can all go home now. No, no, we have more. I think to that do. was it. Okay, um, but no, I have, I have tried this, but I've also had people like threatened when I didn't want to be threatened at all, and just be like, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be at the show. That's scary. Do people have resources now when you're being trolled or or stalked online that that, that, didn't, that they didn't have before? Is there any recourse? No, and actually, I just wrote about a recent Supreme Court case that decided online stalking is basically totally fine as long as the person means well they're not doing it maliciously Boy, i didn't see that coming from the supreme court wow <laughs> yeah they've been on such a roll yeah wow what a zig yeah that's always fun trying to report people and they're like you know there's nothing you can do you can block it, it's it's wild to to be on the side of deciding um that you don't want people to be able to protect themselves that's just such a wild decision to make yeah because you're going through some personal issues well elon loves to block journalists so he's mm-hmm. not gonna take that away anytime mm-hmm. do you have soon. any personal experience with that with elon mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes. He was just <laughs> tweeting at me yesterday, called me like I he was mad that I was sharing news about Twitter on threads. I saw that. And he said it. I was giving stalker ex-girlfriend vibes or something. He banned me. Yeah, he banned me in December and then he was forced to let me back on. I felt vindicated. Who forced him to let you back on? Well, he banned me under this rule that ended up being illegal in the UK, oh. um, which is that I was promoting my Instagram too much. That was like the rule. that. Do you remember he made that rule in December that you couldn't promote other platforms? It's a little hard for me to keep track of the rules that he's making up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that rule ended up being rescinded and I got my account back. For now, I'm kind of done with Twitter. I'm more into Instagram and TikTok now. I wish someone with some some vision would come and do something else. And I think even when TikTok, we were afraid that TikTok was going to go, they were like, how about lemonade? And I was like, this is not going to work. <laughs> yeah, I'm at Instagram. I still like, I know it's everyone hates on Instagram, but it's my favorite. I would say it's where I spend most of my social media time, I guess. I like seeing my friends. And there's a very high barrier to posting. <laughs> I can't write. I can't write a caption with my thumbs. I can't touch the screen properly anymore. Something's going away. I'm I'm losing electroconductivity in my fingers. So I, somehow, so it's like I'm, I have to push the buttons the phone five won't times. Recognize the phone doesn't recognize that I'm human. No, no. Okay, but wait. The Apple keyboard has been very broken lately. Oh really? I made a TikTok oh. about this, oh, really? and it ended up spreading. But hmm. they did an update to the Apple keyboard, and so it's been very broken. So oh, it might just interesting. Be that. That's not been my experience with Apple products at all, and they're perfect as far as I'm concerned. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> I believe we have a letter. I believe we have a letter. Look, I I only use Apple products, and I love them. That is the honest truth. And I don't. I uh, all my sponsored content days are over. <laughs> By a decade. So I just don't want to talk about it anymore. Let's move on. Gene, we have a letter from Llama okay. from Get Your Pets. Okay. Llama writes in from, I mean, assuming it's Reading, England. No, it's Reading. It's Reading, England. Is it? Yeah. Is it really? I really want to get engagement on this one. So it's definitely Reading, England. <laughs> Llama Racing from Redin and Gland. Wikipedia editors, oh, this is of my heart, have stopped me and several other people from adding the adjective tender to a certain Wikipedia page for almost 15 years. Right. So Llama has actually been banned. We're going to hear about it for using the adjective tender while editing a certain Wikipedia page. But I'll let Llama tell the story because Llama is also a Twitch streamer. 
speaking of online, and told this story in some detail last year. The Wikipedia page in question is the page for the UK band The Streets. Oh. Which is one of those bands like the Mountain Goats where they have one person. That person is Mike Skinner. Oi, and he says oi a lot. Yeah, and Lama made an edit regarding when Mike Skinner learned to play keyboards. And this is what happened. Let's listen to the clip. I've been having a beef with this page for about 15 years, I guess. Maybe maybe it's only 10 years. So <laughs> there used to be a section on here. They moved it to the Mike Skinner page where they didn't want me to put the word tender in there. The sentence was, um, Mike Skinner has been playing keyboards since the age of five or something like that. And for some reason, they don't like you to write the tender age of five. All of this is people arguing about uh, tender and whether it should be in this Wikipedia article. <laughs> None of this is me. This is just other people talking about whether you should be allowed to put tender in there and against whether it's wikipedian or not all right so what you just saw was llama scrolling through pages and pages and pages of fights over the topic of whether or not it is okay to use tender or not on wikipedia what you may have also heard in the background was a chirping that is llama's bird they have a cockatiel named cocky and not only that but also in the home that's cocky is a regular guest on get your pets also in the home live uh, two dogs they're both cockapoos and one is named chloe and the other one's named coco so it's very adorable over there and reading angland llama did this video last year but if you go there now you there's still ton of argument and every argument is a full paragraph i will let you the listener <laughs> go into the talk section of the streets wikipedia page and search for tender and get, a, get the contours of this debate on the one hand, some of the Wikipedia editors feel that tender is an expression of opinion, that it's non-neutral. The tender age of five is somehow giving a, an emotional context that doesn't need to be there. On the other hand, as user 213.235.24.138 points out, quote, someone show me a specific Wikipedia policy against the use of adjectives and I will back down. They are really into this. Now, I have my own opinion about whether Mike Skinner started playing keyboards at the tender age of five or not. But first, Taylor and Jean, have you ever had weird things happen with people editing your Wikipedia page? Or have you ever edited your own Wikipedia page, which I don't think you're supposed to do? I've tried. My Wikipedia page is crazy and has so much false information on it because people people mess with Wikipedia pages all the time. Mm -hmm. And I tried to get in there and correct it. I didn't realize that that was very frowned upon. Mm -hmm. And so then they were like, Oh, she's trying to edit it herself. I think I got banned. You were the tender age of today years old when you learned. <laughs> you can't. There is an age conspiracy on my Wikipedia as well, which I think is hilarious. Well, is there? I mean, and I've I've done stuff with the Wiki, Wikimedia Foundation and they seem like stand up people as an organization, as far as I can tell. So there's an organization there that you can appeal to. Did you try to? I have not tried that. Mm. I should ask. Jean, have you ever successfully? I have tried because I, too, everything on my all up 99% of my Wikipedia page is wrong. It has always been wrong. All of the updates are wrong. They never have anything I'm doing. 
They don't where I'm from is wrong. It's just wrong. I'm surprised that my name is right on there because that's about the only thing. And I did also try to get in and edit myself. And then they shut that down. So they won't let me correct anything. And I did write in and I was like, can I please do this? It's me. And they're like, no, you can't. Uh. So I was going to ask if anyone, anyone, it has been the I just... I really, I've been trying to do this for like 10, 15 years to be in control of my own Wikipedia page and put the correct information on You're there. You're not allowed to do it. You know. Do you guys know Annie Rewarder who does de- Depths no, of Wikipedia? No. I don't know her, but I know that that account for yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, she herself is a powerful Wikipedia editor. Really? So maybe maybe she can we can appeal to her. What is her name? Annie Rewarda. She does Depths of Wikipedia. Depths of Wikipedia is an is a really incredible account that finds the strangest Wikipedia entries, the most uh, charmingly strange Wikipedia entries. Mm-hmm. And I I wonder where she stands on the controversy of tender. Might have to ask her about that. Yeah. You know what we need on Wikipedia? We need like they have on Google reviews and Yelp. Like, we need the ability to respond. They should let yes. the person mm. respond. Because I would be responding all day. I agree. But until that happens, let me suggest a strangers on a train type of arrangement. Taylor, I'll edit your Wikipedia page. Jean, you edit my Wikipedia page. And Taylor, you edit Jean's Wikipedia page. I like this plan. Someone has to do it. They would, ne- they would never know just because we said it on a podcast that this was happening. I wonder what no. they would, I wonder what the, they'll never, they'll never know. catch us. Okay, as for Tinder on Wikipedia, here's what I have to say about this. I am against trolling, except one circumstance. The only form of trolling I have ever endorsed is when Late Night with Colbert writer and incredibly funny person and writer Ariel Dumas goes on Twitter and simply says, Zelda is the boy, pertaining to the Legend of Zelda video game franchise. Mm -hmm. She'll just say, Zelda is the boy, and just watch people go out of their minds trying to explain to her that Zelda is the princess and that the boy is Link. And then she will simply say, and I've talked about it on the podcast before, with a very straight face on Twitter, it's like, no, the name of the game is Legend of Zelda and the character is on the cover is the main character. It's the boy. Zelda is the boy. And they're like, no, it's the princess. Like, no, it's a very famous game. And just goes on. And it's so funny to me. So, so you didn't enjoy when I used to do that? Did you used to do that before she did? On Twitter? When I used to be like, Zelda I is just the boy? found, no, oh. I just found out that there's this comic book called, character called Jean Grey. <laughs> yes, that's right. I forgot about that. And then I would wait for men to explain it to me. <laughs> I can't. All right. So that's, so, okay, Jean, you're right. When you, when you would go on Twitter and say that you had never heard of Jean Grey, the X-Men character that your name is an homage to, and people would go bananas. Yeah. Equal, equal bananas. rights. Equal rights. Fun. As much as I adore Llama, Cocky, Chloe, and Coco, I have to say, Llama, you know, you know you're trolling when you put tender <laughs> into tender age of five. You know what you're doing. You know what you're doing. And guess what? I endorse it because it's funny. <laughs> it's silly. It's silly and it's harmless. I dare say it's tender. So you keep you keep <laughs> doing it. People are so bananas about tender. Anyway, Taylor and Jean, that's everything we got. Mm-hmm. I do have one last quick letter before we go. Okay. I'm going to read it in a second. But Taylor, I just want to say thank you so much for joining us. Uh, everyone go out and check out the new book, Extremely Online, The Untold Story of Fame, Influence, and Power on the Internet. I say check out. Look, if it comes to your library, you can check it out. But until then, why don't you go and pre-order it wherever books are sold? 
Um, and I, you know, I think it's really a fascinating subject. This whole influencer economy just bubbled up under our noses when we weren't looking. And what I love about your book is it outlines just how profound an effect it's going to have on our culture, obviously entertainment culture, but just how we interact with each other. Thank you. Yeah. And so good luck with it, Taylor. And where and where online do you want people to find you? <laughs> I mean, at this point. <laughs> Yes, please, please find me. I'm just, I'm at Taylor Lorenz on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Uh, you can find me anywhere, just at Taylor Lorenz. Okay, excellent. And Jean, of course, you've got all your projects going. Where where can people find you? Don't. Very good. Perfect. Don't find Jean Grey. Leave me alone. Let's read this last letter before we go. It's not a case. It's just a, a formal announcement from Trisha in Salt Lake City. Joel. Pay, yeah, pay yeah. attention, because I think you're going to relate to this. Okay. All right. I used to run social media for the NPR station in a major city. We worked hard to provide great local journalism. But for years, the most frequent comment we would get back on the news stories we posted were three words that still raise my blood pressure. Bring back jazz. <laughs> jazz is dead. <laughs> it's the first time I've ever seen Joel laugh this yeah, summer. Joel. Never mind the fact that the station had dropped its jazz programming Many, many years ago, <laughs> no matter what the story, the news story was about, it had nothing to do with it. Every time, bring back jazz. So, to the jazzy internet trolls, I, Trisha, would like to say once and for all, jazz is cool, but it's not coming back. Your war has been lost. I fully endorse this. I'm not against jazz. But, uh, yeah, it's hard. It's hard when a, when a radio station changes its programming. I get it. All right. The docket is clear. And that's it for another tender episode of Judge John Hodgman. Judge John Hodgman was created by Jesse Thorne and John Hodgman. Marie Barty runs our social media and our producer is Jennifer Marmer. The show is on Instagram at Judge John Hodgman. Follow us there for evidence and other photos from the show. And check out the Maximum Fun subreddit to discuss this episode at MaximumFun.reddit.com. And also remember, we're hitting the road. It's our Van Freaks Roadshows tour. You can get all the details and tickets at VanFreaksRoadshow.com. You can also go there and submit your cases. If you have disputes that you'd like adjudicated on stage by me, your judge, John Hodgman. In Lexington, Chicago, Madison, St. Paul, Austin, Atlanta, Durham, Charlottesville, Washington, D.C., Portland, Maine. Port, Port, Portland, Maine or Portland, Maine? Portland. Right. Portland, Maine. Boston, Massachusetts. <laughs> and Brookline, New York. Go to VanFreaksRoadshow.com. Hey, Joel, where do you want to be found on the internet these days? Uh, the main man. The main man on Instagram. T H E. Yeah. M A I N E M A N N. Almost at two million followers. Almost at two million followers. The number one influencer in the Banger Main area. We'll talk to you next time on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Maximum Fun, a worker owned network of artist owned shows supported directly by you.